You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome back to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we fucked up this week, guys. No, we didn't. We totally fucked no, up. No, we didn't. We're currently, we're, we're in the middle. We're just bending the rules a smidge. We're closing out our summer of 78 double feature. Uh, talking about movies released in the summer <laughs> of 1978. Or that emulate the vibes. Of the summer of 78. It's always fun to bend the rules when you realize you've made a big boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we totally could be doing Piranha right now, and we could have done the hard shift to correct, but we're not going to do that. No, not at all. Because... We've got this other movie that we watched that we think perfectly encapsulates the summer of 1978, despite being released in October... On television. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. But the film is called The Summer of Fear. Alternate title, Stranger in Our House. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, that was what it was released as on TV. But when it got its theatrical release, it was called The Summer of Fear. Yeah, this movie did eventually hit movie theaters internationally. Uh, probably, hopefully, in the summer. Of fear. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Of 79, yes. Uh, but it's directed by Wes Craven. And up until about five minutes ago, we thought it was a drive-in movie that you maybe possibly would have seen with Jaws 2. You know, it's fine. We play it fast and loose here at Nightmare on Film Street, and I just feel like this is an appropriate film for us to be talking about. It's got Linda Blair, post-Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Uh, it's got Lots of horse horror, uh, made for TV cuts with the black, like cut to black, and then we're in a different scene entirely. I just love it so much. I think those are my three good things. <laughs> I'm going to tack on Fran Drescher. Yes, a surprise friend of from Fran Drescher. Yeah, 1978's Fran Drescher. <laughs> Yeah, no, this was uh, this was a surprising watch. Apparently, also the first movie that Wes Craven directed after moving to California. So we could, despite being a television movie, we're going to say his first Hollywood movie. And it's so summery in California. It just fits. <laughs> it totally works. Yeah, like uh, I couldn't imagine watching this on television in October. It seems like the wrong move. They should have released it theatrically in 1978. And also in a world where we're all just retconning the past... Fuck it. In 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 now, the 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 agreed upon canon of Nightmare on Film Street is that this movie was released theatrically in 1978. Everything else about our real world is accurate except this one detail. We are now living in a subjective reality that we both agree on. I don't know why you're so hung up on this thing. I'm already past it. it it's called Summer of Fear. We did great. Is there anything else you can say that would maybe sell this movie um because I don't know if if like you I didn't know anything about this movie before we started. I was looking for 1978 films. Yep. I found this one, and I was like, yo, we got to watch this. And uh, we're doing it on the podcast. And Joel's like, but Piranha. And I was like, no, shut up. We're going to we're, we're doing gonna Summer Piranha. of Fear. We're going to get Piranha Blair. one day. Yeah, I, you know, I honestly thought Jaws 2 and Piranha. This is a lock. I'll finally get Kim to talk about Joe Dante's Piranha. 
But no, like I think this. I think I this think is a good. I've already movie. done it. I feel like we've already done it. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, this was a good pick from Kim. This is a classic Kim movie. Kim loves a made-for-TV yum, yum, vibe, yum. whether or not it's actually made-for-TV. It's very young adult. It's a young adult novel adapted by Wes Craven. Actually, it's written by the same woman God that damn wrote it. I, I was... Know What You Did Last no! Summer. <laughs> you stole my fact, John. That was the only fact I brought to this podcast, and I was so proud of it. I was ready to throw the trailer. And you were like, you got anything else you want to tell people about this movie before no! we talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a real fun fact though. Like it's a fucking real fun great. Fact. Yeah, you like young you like young adult horror thrillers. You like I know what you did last summer. You gotta check out the summer of fear. And this is the summer to do it. Linda Blair in Summer of Fear. A terrifying journey into witchcraft and the occult. The summer began like any other until the arrival of Julia. Rachel, you remember Julia? Hi, Julia. Julia is a witch. She is some kind of a witch. Was it jealousy or was there more? Bill, out of your head. You're not my cousin, Julia. Who are you? Using a wax figure, can one person control another person's mind? Alone, Rachel struggles to prove her nightmare a reality. A summer of fear. A frightening encounter with the supernatural. Summer of Fear. The Summer of Fear, directed by Wes Craven, is currently sitting at a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. An audience rating of 32% on wow. Rotten Tomatoes because critics don't they don't review TV movies. Maybe it's all the incest. It might have something to do with that. <laughs> and a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Yeah, let's not bury the lead on this one. This is the height of 1970s incest horror. And oh also, we're all going to fuck a 17-year-old horror. Everybody, a, a girl loses her parents, moves in with her cousin, and everybody- First- First cousin. First cousin. Mom's sister's kid. And everybody wants to fuck her. Linda Blair's boyfriend, Linda Blair's brother, <laughs> Linda Blair's dad. Uh, the horse. <laughs> Everybody's after this girl. I mean, the horse wants to fuck her up, but yeah, Sundance knew better. It's not. It's it's not as sick and gross as that. I mean, it, it is. It's very PG incest, but it still fucking get, makes your skin crawl. Yeah, like let's not forget this was made for TV. You know, like they're not. They're not. It's not a full Lolita story or something, but it's weird it's very and it's like even the softest of softcore incest is still incest (laughs) it's a classic young adult setup like a relative comes to live with you for the summer how many books have you read by christopher pike or whoever 
about that. Like, a, you know, somebody comes to stay with you and you're the only person that can tell something's wrong with them. Oh, 100%. Like, it's this story through and through. And it doesn't necessarily deviate from it. So if you're going into it thinking you're going to get a surprise or a twist on that story, it doesn't really deliver on that front. Uh, it's just really fun because Linda Blair is amazing in it. Linda Blair's hair is amazing. Linda Blair is serving in this. She is going all out. Every single scene, she's screaming at somebody. She's yelling. She's stomping her feet. She is in full gaslit mode. She's a teenage tornado in this movie. She's a total teenage tornado. Every fucking movie we watch with Linda Blair, though, is something about horses. Even in The Exorcist, you don't see horses. It's like, oh, the horses were so beautiful, Mom. Okay, I I actually have a fact maybe you don't know. The reason why it's horses in this movie is because of Linda Blair. No way. In the novel, it was actually her dog. Like, this whole thing happened with her dog. Okay. But Linda Blair at the time, I think she was just coming off of, like, a year she had taken off in between, I think it was Exorcist 2 to this. Uh Was it for shock, for nerves? She she was doing... for nerves? No, she was doing, like, equestrian (laughs) competitions. This this isn't the standard actor takes a year off thing. Okay. (laughs) Under a pseudonym. Like, she was doing it... Maybe she did need to take a year off but she wanted to like do some normal life stuff did she also have prosthetics on like she got a big nose (laughs) and a mustache and judy with the rather large schnoz is doing great over there on the field (laughs) okay so she used her star power to rewrite the script so she could be on a horse for half the movie i love that i mean like i'm gonna say it here first we need more horse girl horror horse girl horror yes okay have you seen horse girl (laughs) Do you remember the movie Horse Girl? More Horse Girl horror. Yeah? Really? Yeah. Okay. Horse girls are fucking crazy. Uh, Tell me more. They're just crazy. (laughs) Okay. They're wild and untamed. Like the horse. Okay, this is. This sounds like bro logic. Like, yo, those horse, horse girls, you gotta stay away from it those is, horse girls, I think bro. it is bro logic, but I still want more horse girl horror. Okay, I mean, I would think- And Linda Blair is our champion. She she is like the OG horse girl horror. She was like, exorcist, horse talk. This movie, full out horse, like horse subplot. Guys, Kim is a horse girl in this episode. I just want to say. She's a horse girl as a talent who's talking talking in the microphone. She's a horse girl as a producer. She picked a movie no one's ever heard of, a horse girl move, if you ask me. And she's sitting over here trying to pitch me a legacy sequel to the horse girl movie Summer of Fear. I don't even like, think Linda I've ever Blair's touched back. a horse. Oh no, I have touched a horse. We were at that carnival and they just had it in like the smoking section. Yeah, that was weird. We just were hanging out with the, the people who were working and at a Halloween And he was all drugged hunt. up because they were doing his shoes. Yes. Yeah, he was drooling. He was sleepy. Whatever. <laughs> Farm and he stuff. was like, sup? It was like that <laughs> 70s show where you go around in a circle. <laughs> and one of them saw a horse. <laughs> we did smoke a lot of weed with those Halloween haunt workers, actually. This totally checks and out. And a really stoned horse. Not like the horse wasn't doing weed. It was for his shoes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the movie, wow, like I can't imagine what this movie would have looked like without the horse stuff, because there's it's a very whole- key. Half the movie is her prepping for a horse competition. And the horse dance. The horse dance, going to the horse competition, the horse getting put down because the witch fucks it up at the horse competition. What what would they have done with the dog? Like, was she training a dog in the book? Maybe it was a dog show. Dog? Okay. Maybe. Poor Sundance. Sundance deserved better. Wait, let's go back to you calling me a horse girl. (laughs) 
I just, I just, you're, you're bringing a wild untamed energy to this episode is all I'm saying. I just think it's an original animal. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, like, why don't we have more, you know, like equestrian camping horrors? We have so many cabins. Like, what if, what if they are riding the horse out into the middle of nowhere and there's no roads, there's only the horse. Uh Uh-huh. But then when that wait no that's inviting the horse to get hurt though. That's a that's a move you can't really do in in movies in general. You can't hurt dogs, can't hurt horses. Everybody's no. learned that lesson and I love it when people cross that line. Yeah, they fucking somersaulted Sundance in this and I was not into it. And whoever was hopefully was a stunt person because I don't know if Linda Blair is able to withstand the weight of the horse. I don't know if you saw this but when they fell down into like the ditch, the horse did a full out somersault on top of the girl riding it. Oh wow. Like fell on her. And they were like we'll just use that cut. Just, you know, somebody got really hurt so we're going to, to honor you, we're going to use that cut. You know, uh, there's a long storied dark history of getting d- horses to do tricks that we don't really do a lot of anymore. And maybe that's why we don't have as much horse horror because, yeah, like you have to put the horse in danger. And a lot of the times getting horses to do somersaults and stuff is really just like burying a rope in the ground that they can't see and getting them to run. Okay, can you not? Can you not? (laughs) Just like, you know, if you go back and watch Wild West movies from the 40s and 50s, it's it's not a it's not a it's not an era known for uh, animal rights. Okay, well, I'm talking about modern day horse horror with the health department doing horse wellness checks the health department like, <laughs> the, the health we're de- here to do a wellness check on your department. horse <laughs> the the bureau of equestrian affairs but despite not liking that weird somersault into the ditch that was sundance's big death scene because sundance broke her his his yep. leg that's a very androgynous name sundance it could okay, whatever. Once again, Kim has not watched Western movies. She's clearly not seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. The Robert this, Fo- Yeah. Oh. The Robert Redford classic film. So you can't call Girl Sundance after Sundance Kid? Kim, do you know why the Sundance Film Festival is called the Sundance Film Festival? It's because of that character. That's how big that fucking movie was. Oh. It's Paul Newman and Robert Redford. This is a horror movie podcast. I shouldn't get into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Sundance's death scene. Great acting on that horse. Yeah. No, he's a star. Like, was full out lying on the ground like, oh, my leg is broke. Uh, you all have to mercy kill me now. Isn't that the fucking funniest thing? Like, can't leg? the horse just retire? <laughs> yeah, can't we just bandage it up? And, can't like, we put the horse on a cart for once let's and get take the, it home? Yeah, let's just get it fat and let it hang out for the rest of his life. <laughs> like, nah, the horse would want this. <laughs> the horse is a perfectionist. We must destroy him. Is like, that, oh, he's suffering. Right. You're like, mm. Oh, uh, good stuff. Yeah. No. Uh... Like, fine. If he can never use the leg again, make him one of those cute wheelbarrow things that dogs have when they only have three legs and they they want a fourth one. So they can wheel around the yard. Yeah. I mean, I'm in. I'm for it. I'd take a three-legged horse. Bring him to my house. <laughs> yeah. If I could afford a three-legged horse, I would absolutely have a three-legged horse. Yeah, we say that, but we, I don't know if I we've ever I braid his tail seen... for him. Okay. And you'd become a horse girl. And put butterfly clips in it. <laughs> And I tell it horror stories. <laughs> okay, believe it or not, this is a movie about a witch. <laughs> Fifteen minutes in, all we've done is talk about a horse. Uh, yeah, it's a movie about a witch. A girl comes to live 
<laughs> with Linda Blair. She's her cousin. She's now an orphan, and her family, out of the goodness of her heart, are gonna take her in. Because Dad care wants of her. to fuck her. And yeah, that's the movie. <laughs> and this this woman just starts to just destroy Linda Blair's life. She's casting spells on her in her own bedroom and doing nothing to hide it. Yeah, she's like making spell garbage, not throwing it out. Mm-mm, not just at tucking all. it in drawers. Yeah, just leaving it out for everybody to see. Just like, oh, what's that big dance coming up? And you've sewn your own dress. I'm gonna make you ugly. I'm gonna cast spells to give you boils, like the biggest zits you've ever seen. Yeah, like the doctor's like, mm, never seen this before. And you're like, <laughs> you're not even giving it a diagnosis. <laughs> We've gotta put her down. <laughs> Just like Sundance. It's tragic, but it must be done. Don't let Mike see her in this state. Mike's her boyfriend. Yeah, Mike's her boyfriend. The only character in this movie that everybody's hornier for than Cousin Julia is Linda Blair's boyfriend, Mike. And he's also the only one not committing incest in this movie. He still also was. He completely ditches Linda Blair for this girl. Yeah, no, he does. But at least he's not related to her. He's the only suitor not related to her. That's true. It's the only one allowed. Dick move, but total al- dick move. allowed. Especially, Legal. and he tells Linda Blair the morning of her competition. He's like, "It was just a thing, and it just happened. We can be friends, though." And she's oh, like, God, "What? Right? Fuck you! You're never getting near this perm again, bitch." Her cousin even goes to the barber to get the same haircut as Linda Blair. Yeah. It's truly evil. Even so, we meet Fran Drescher, who's a good friend of Linda Blair. We meet Fran Drescher's character, who's a good friend (laughs) of Linda Blair's character. I like to believe that they got mimosas, you know, like, while filming. They were probably good friends. And even she's just like, I don't know about this girl. Like, she's nice and all, but also she's overstepping her boundaries. I've known her for 30 seconds, and I don't like the cut of her. Fran Drescher can spot a fake one. So we're ta- while we're talking about Julia casting weird-ass spells, so there is a big dance that's before the horse competition. Uh, we hear all about it because Linda Blair... do not go to this dance. Because Linda Blair's incesty brother, Tom, his band is there, and he really, really wants Julia to see his band. <sighs> really, really wants her to see his band. So... Linda gets her her spelly boils and she <laughs> cannot go. And so everybody's like, oh, let's let your boyfriend take Julia. And that's how she steal a ruse, the boyfriend. Her mom's logic there was so crazy, too, where she's like, oh, you spent two weeks making this dress. You wouldn't want it to go to waste. You might as well let your cousin wear it and then also take your boyfriend. Yes. So where's the dress that she made from fucking scratch? Yeah. The, the thing about this, and I think this is the most dastardly thing. <laughs> Kim is pointing. In the whole. <laughs> damn plot is that Linda Blair is making this dress and it looks like shit on her. It, it looks, looks like she's wrapped in a towel. Like it doesn't fit her. It's not it good. doesn't look great. No. It's it's just like, you know, a wet bag. <laughs> and then Julia puts on the dress and it is it's an entirely different dress. It's oh, fucking yeah. gorgeous. It's a completely different fabric. <laughs> it's form-fitting. It's got like a nice little bust thing sewn onto it. It's beautiful. Yeah, she's stunning. It's great. Okay. I think Julia fucking put you- a spell <laughs> you think on she cursed the dress no i think she cursed linda blair to make a dress for her i think the dress was always for her no yes <laughs> yes so when 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 her parents when linda blair's let me go back let me do this fresh Linda Blair and Julia are not getting along. Her mom's like, oh, go move in with your little brother, Bobby. And she's like, what the fuck? So she does. And while she's moving her clothes out, Julia's like, oh, leave that dress. Like, you won't wear it again. And she's like, I made this for me. And she says something along the lines of like, oh, did you really? 
Hmm. Yeah. You don't think she's just being a being a she bitch? She is you being. You don't think she's being a bitch? She's being a total bitch, but she can also do magical spells. <laughs> okay. I, so uh, for a second How there, how devious I, is that? So for a second, she there, planned it all along. I thought you were gonna say maybe it was something more of like a uh, mirage type thing. Like what's the term? Where there's. She's making everybody see her ugly in the dress. Like maybe she looks great. Maybe Linda Blair looks awesome in the dress, but we all see her. Her and including Linda Blair see her as ugly. In I it. mean, that's also a possibility, but it's not as devious as fucking, you know, knowing that you're going to get somebody sick so they can't go to the dance. You're going to steal their boyfriend and their dress and you have them make the dress fit you. You know what I like even more than that, actually? is She a, was making that dress for weeks. Is a blend of the two where the dress is actually still ugly, but <laughs> she's casting her witchy powers so everybody thinks she looks oh, beautiful. Oh, so she's mirage beautiful. Yeah, like if we caught a glimpse of her, it'd be like seeing the reflection of that old lady in the shining mirror where it's like she's actually truly hideous. She's got a giant, you know, witchy nose and a boil on it. She's craggly old skin and gross hair and she's wearing Linda Blair's frumpy dress but everybody's like oh my god just picture she's beautiful she's great like a glove yeah <laughs> so either way Julia is evil yes so we we also find out that she can't this is a r- cool little wrinkle and like I don't know if this is uh, Oh yeah, classic. this movie is like making up its own witch lore and I commend it. Yeah, so we thought for a lot of the movie that she was a succubus. It's like classic sort of evil vampire type demon succubus. Maybe we're a little tainted from having covered Wes Craven's Deadly Blessing earlier this year, which is very much a The succubus. In- incubus, I believe oh, right. actually, now that I'm thinking about it, but they do call Isn't the Incubus a boy succubus? Did yes. we research this? Yeah, which, oh man, wouldn't that have been a great double bill if this was a succubus Ooh. and that was an incubus? Mm. That's that's the original Barbenheimer. I mean, she's, she is still kind of a succubus. A little bit. She succubuses her life. Yeah, Succubi her life. <laughs> she, like a vampire, doesn't cast a reflection. Now, it's not like every time she goes near a mirror, like a vampire, you can't see her in the mirror, but... It's sort of an illusion where she's making you believe that you can see her reflection. Which is re- why your your dress theory may hold some weight. Right? She's She's got rose-colored curses on everybody's eyes, mm-hmm. right? So, Which this fact comes from Rachel, Linda Blair's old neighbor, who is just a witchcraft specialist. <laughs> she's like, hey, my anthropologist teacher, can you tell me about witchcraft? He's like, here's some books from my trunk that are all about witchcraft. He's great. I love that guy. Uh, he's... <laughs> Just like, oh, you should meet our neighbor, total like uh, master of the occult. It's like, oh yeah, we're not gonna come back here later. Oh, yeah, he's just pulling books out of his trunk, handing it to her. Um, he already knows what Julia is from that first meeting. He's like giving her the up and down. He's like, y'all smell like a witch. Y'all smell like a witch. I'm sure I'll have a stroke later before I have a chance to warn anyone about this. <laughs> I would love to get your opinion on whether or not anybody actually sees. Like does she does she take the appearance of the people that she's mimicking? Because we learn through a series of letters that she's receiving from other people around the country, and just like from the more digging that Linda Blair is doing on, like Linda Blair's Rachel is doing on Julia's backstory, uh, like you know, sort of just like trying to find holes in in what she's telling the family that she has sort of 
taken over several people's lives. Yeah, I don't know if she has to because there's a whole point made in this movie that they haven't seen Julia for like 10 years. So they wouldn't know what she looks like. That's a good point. Yeah, because when she shows up, it's like, oh, hey, here's your cousin Brad. Last time we saw you, he wasn't even born yet. Yeah, and then, but at the end of it, when she's fully, like, in full witch finale mode, she looks like a fucking witch. And she she, looks fantastic. She looks really cool. Like, her perm gets frizzier, her eyes get all, like, white and red. And she's driving a car around like like a crazy person. Yeah, going full Cruella de Vil in that car. Yeah. It's wonderful. And and you're like, okay, is this her natural like is this what she looks like? Is but this But she still her looks un- like she still looks like Julia. Just with weird eyes. Yeah, but maybe that's like you know how say in like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. Like Angel looks like Angel, but when like he's in vampire mode, he he's gets just got like horns. <laughs> that weird eyebrow thing. Oh yeah, not horns. So like yeah. maybe that's like there's witch Julia and then like pretty facade witch Julia. So you think that she's classic witch taking over this girl's skin kind of thing. Like no, I think that's just what she looks like. I don't okay. think, I think she's finding people, like, family she can take over or move in with where she doesn't have to even put that much effort in. Yeah, because there's a real throwaway piece of dialogue where she says that she was her family's... Maid? Maid, yeah. Like, so she, like, infiltrated the family, got everybody killed, and then took the identity of, I guess, her dead cousin. Because that's, yep. they never explore that. Like, chance, it sounds like the entire family's dead. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just wonder, I, I, I just, oh, I'd love to find out whether or not people actually saw Evil Witch Girl or not. Like, if, like, if what they're looking at is sort of a mirage. Like, if they were to, if they were able to get a photograph of her, whether or not they'd see craggly old stereotypical witch or not. I think if they were able to, they would see what she looks like in the finale of the movie. No, like, just, they would see the eyes. Yeah, and like, oh my god, this this version of Julia's got frizzier hair and weird cool eyes. <laughs> this one's hotter. She looks... Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> I mean, she does get real hot at the end. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's so similar to the vampire stuff too. Like the whole third act of the movie is is or at least a big chunk of the third act is Linda Blair trying to get her mom, who's a professional photographer, to take a photograph of Julia because she can't be photographed. There's an incredible okay, line from the, the professor. Best, oh, the best lore of the film. That a machine or a mechanism doesn't have a mind that you can manipulate, a a mind you can c- confuse or control. So it's an unbiased observer yeah like it can't be coerced into seeing or believing that she's there which is so great like that's that's one of the cool things about this movie and some tv movies especially lower budget indie stuff maybe it's just because they didn't want to tip too far into like super scary spooky horror things but there are incredible ideas and concepts in here and if you're not paying attention it's just one little line of dialogue that just goes away into the air yeah and i think the horse is dead at that point so like who's still watching (laughs) (laughs) you think everybody's changed the channel they're like i can't oh not on halloween night oh god no sundance i'm out but yeah movies uh movies kind of chaos like the end of the 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 end classic reveal like oh the there's a bit of a fake out where we think that um that Julia has killed Linda Blair's mom because she's decided to go off on a photography trip by herself after a after like a, a huge fight with her daughter 
And nobody can get a hold of her. Nobody knows where mom is. And, and then we find a singed old witchy map where she's definitely been doing a spell to knock mom off a cliff. Yeah, the whole family's gathered around this map 10 minutes prior to be like, yep, this is where mom's gonna go. She's gonna follow this little route, this bendy path around a mountain. Hopefully she's not driving too fast and doesn't fall off the cliff, am I <laughs> they right? They call that Dead Man's Peak. Which, I gotta say, not a, not a cool move if this little girl's family just died doing the exact same thing true like hey would you like to relive some of your most recent traumas are you afraid of cliffs well here's one (laughs) but mom's obviously like at her wits end because like she's having a fight with her daughter uh because her daughter's just like not accepting her cousin and just like causing shit around the house like god damn it i know we had to kill your horse but could you please just like not ruin the rest of this summer for the for the whole family (laughs) well and it's not just normal stuff like she's a bitch and she stole my boyfriend on my dress she's like she is the Spawn of Satan. She's going all out. She's evil. I think mom just is trying to ignore it because she has totally seen her husband flirting with this 17-year-old niece of his. They're both in the fridge like, oh, would you like to have some late night fruit? Ooh, this is so delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. It's very gross. But she doesn't do anything about it. Oh, it's just a shame, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, and then one, two, skip a few. Uh, Julia tries to kill Rachel. Don't you love it when a reviewer just one, two, skip a few? (laughs) It's such a, oh, such a power to hold over a movie. (laughs) Don't you feel like we one, two, skip a few, though? The the movie really does one, two, skip a few. I think it's in the commercial break. Oh, true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) Fade to black, fade back. Evil Julia. We're ch- yeah, we're Julia's chasing us down the road. We got a runaway car. There's a whole bunch of nightmare. Oh, sequences. we're missing the, the sequence where like Dad is a hypnotized goon. Oh, I'd forgotten. Trying about that. to get Rachel. That was in the skip a few. <laughs> yeah, goddamn. It's so weird that you like you just watched a movie and it just evaporates from your brain, almost like a witch cast like, a spell on you. Oh yeah, there was the uh, the old incest slave. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. (laughs) Throughout the movie, though, we have like these series of nightmares that are kind of replaying the opening of the movie where Julia's parents die. And we're from the point of view of like the front of a car. And we're just sort of like careening down a mountain path. And so Linda Blair is starting to have some of those nightmares, which is how she thinks that her mom is dead. And then we. So she rounds up Dud Mike. She rounds up Dud Mike. And the two of them go toe to toe against this crazy witch. Uh, and there's a full out car chase. Like the witch out, yeah. is like trying to run them off the road, and she's doing a great job. Yeah, no, this TV movie money used to be real money. Yeah, she is fucking bewitching their car. She's rolling up the windows, so I guess they can't hop out. Yeah, she's fun. pushing down the gas pedal. They can't fit, like fiddle with the gears. Nothing is working, and she's just trying to run them off the road. Yeah, it doesn't. Great. Really, yeah, it's it's great. Doesn't really work. Uh, you know she, what? <laughs> oh no! Like what she does doesn't work. I thought you were like as a film it doesn't work. I'm oh like, no! What yeah, are you no. The movie. About? The movie's great. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. But yeah, I mean they 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 get out alive. They don't find Julie's body after uh, after a car accident. And but it, but they're just like, well, thank God she's gone. Uh, until- yeah, everybody just like claps the dust off their knees and goes home. Yeah, like, oh, we're no longer bewitched, and I guess we don't have to address all the weird incest we all almost did, eh? Which is actually a scene that happens. <laughs> They're all standing outside the house. There's a cop there that was like, hmm, guess that uh, evil maid was just, you know, squatting with you guys for a bit. Anyways, I'm off. And yeah. then dad's like, isn't that weird how I don't remember what happened last week? <laughs> <laughs> 
By the way, here's another horse. Sorry we had to kill the other one. This one's a baby. Hmm. We still remember Sundance. Yeah, and of course, classic classic fade out on uh, the witch going to a new house with a new identity and a new family to begin the cycle again. So what's fun and interesting about that is that she's she's being a governess, mm-hmm. which is maybe most popularized by the turning of the screw. Oh, sure. So I, I think it's just like a literature homage. Because I was going to mention this at the top of the show, but we were... Too interested in horses? Yeah. (laughs) That this story, I think, and now I'm not getting this from anywhere, but my own brain, Mm -hmm. um, there's a really old vampire story called Carmilla. Came out, I think, like 25 years before Dracula came out. And it's about this female vampire that comes to stay with a young girl after there's a carriage accident outside of her house. Mm. And she's a vampire and is like, you know, eating her. Fuck me, man. Yeah. I mentioned this, I think, in one of our Patreon Graveyard Smash episodes when we were talking about uh, The Daughter of Dracula, because that film also took inspiration, you know, like, we were talking about, like, the origin of, like, lesbian vampirism, and this was... It, this is credited as the very first one, and it's Interesting. fucking old. <laughs> and so I, maybe it's just because of the, the time that they were like, ooh, no, we got to get a little more occulty with this. We got to make her a witch. If we try and make her a vampire, then we got we can't do the loose succubus rule vampire Well, and thing. also it's the summer of fear, and, and you need to be out in the sunshine. You know mm. what I mean? So I think they needed her to be... Uh, like a daytime evil player. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they did keep some vampire-ish lore. Like the yeah, mirror yeah. stuff seems very vampire-ish. So I feel like there's a strong tie to the Carmilla story there. I think you're, I think you're really onto something. Especially because that carriage accident. Yes, that's what I'm like, oh my God, car- you know what the modern carriage is, right, Kim? It's a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it's a Sundance. <laughs> what a... F- Fun kooky movie. We gotta do. We got like we gotta really actually commit to doing like a series of TV. I would love TV to do movies, more right? TV horror. And in fact, there is a Halloween one we should do in October. Oh, what's that? Uh, I think Night of the Scarecrow. Oh yeah, is a TV movie. Hell yeah. And I don't know if either of us have like committed to fully watching it. So I think it would be a great October movie. Yeah, no, that's that's a great idea. I the t- the TV movie is like such an era because now the Netflix original is essentially the TV movie, and they're not. They're not the same at all. They're not designed with those like five minute scenes. You know what I mean? That they end on a beat, like a cliffhanger, and then they come back and we're in a different scene entirely. Well, like th- it's also the limitations where you're just like, okay, this is gonna be on television. You can't get away with everything, but you still want to be dark and scary and tell the story you wrote. So you've got limitations that you have to like there's a sandbox that you have to play in mm-hmm. uh, and some of them get crazy dark but it's all it's all that sort of like stuff implied things you do, things seen and unseen so like it's some some horror movies play really well on having limited resources and things you can and can't do um and that's that's what's great about the TV movie but the movie I've always wanted to talk about on the podcast. Oh, if is, we're talking about TV movies, is, movie? is When a Stranger Calls Back. Ooh. The sequel to When a Stranger Calls. Now, When a Stranger Calls, classic, amazing. It's kind of like the birth of the, like, the calls coming from inside the house. I think. And it's not Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the sequel, I'm telling you, like, we may, we may talk about it on the podcast. I don't know. If you want to wait, you go ahead and wait. But I got, oh, 
boy, is that movie crazy. Hmm. We should do it as a watch party movie, maybe, if we're not going to do it on the podcast. I know maybe we've sort we of slipped with... out of talking about Summer of Fear, and now we're just like maybe having we... a meeting about future episodes of the podcast. Right. We do Night of the Scarecrow with Stranger Calls Back. Well, I, we probably shouldn't put this on wax. We're making promises we can't keep. Let's write it down. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kim, how would you rate Summer of Fear? Um, I had fun with it, and I, I love, yeah, I love a good TV movie. I love horse girl horror. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a three out of four. Three out of four. That's, that's, that's a Kim rating. Yeah. That's was, a Kim rating. It was a fine and dandy film. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 2.5. It's a, it's... It's a summer movie. If I watch this in like the dead of winter, my, that rating would definitely go down. So clearly it's got a summer bump. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's not enough plot to hold an hour and a half, but there's nice little commercial breaks. <laughs> yeah, those are always those are always a treat. I forgot to mention this at the top of the episode, but I thought you might like to know this. It doesn't matter too much for when this episode is going to come out. But did you know that we are recording this episode purely by coincidence on Wes Craven's birthday? I saw that. August 2nd. From our own Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Me as well. (laughs) Yes. uh, August 2nd, Wes Craven's birthday, the day that we're recording this. Did not plan that. Did not intend it. Honestly, should have recorded this episode six weeks ago. We're way behind. Yeah, we have nothing banked. (laughs) We're mainline in the universe right now uh we had to wait it's the ghost of west tapping us on the shoulder like you guys gotta get back to work y'all want to watch one of my tv films <laughs> yeah one of my classics not like a nightmare on elm street or scream or something you didn't just buy people under the stairs on vhs like why don't you watch one of my junkier lesser known ones we were like we will wes in your honor anyway that's gonna do it for us this week uh, nightmare on film street thank you so much for listening please let us know what you thought of summer of fear or honestly just what your favorite wes craven movies are we're big fans uh, hit us up on Twitter or threads at Nightmare on Film Street and NOFS Podcast, respectively, on each of those. You can also talk to us in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. Hang out, chat horror with your fellow fiends, and make some movie recommendations. We're always looking for cool stuff to watch. And if you're a fan of the show, consider giving us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this. It really helps the show grow. Uh, And if you want even more Nightmare on Film Street content, you can consider supporting us on Patreon at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. We have a fun little fan club over there where we do monthly watch parties. We have a bonus series going on. We're talking about the Universal Monsters. We talk about new movies in the theaters. All kinds of bonus stuff there. That is at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. We'll be back again next week with another episode. But until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.